Welcome to the Thrive Today podcast. I'm Natalie Bourne. I'm the media host for Thrive Today and the founder of Innovation Meets Leadership. Our primary goal at Thrive Today is to help you identify the authority of God's word and connect it to your success at work. Well, today we are talking to Rashonda Pratt. She is a first-generation American with strong Trinidadian roots, and Rashonda comes from a generation of storytellers and life of the party types, which I love. It's gonna be so much fun today. And she is a former journalist and self-proclaimed first lady of visibility who teaches others to the power of embracing their story and sharing that so that they can be, listen to this, seen, heard, and paid. I love that. Welcome to the podcast, Rashonda. I'm so glad to be here and I'm looking forward to a lively discussion. I agree. All right. So let's start out with the first lady of visibility. I got to hear more about how all of that came about. Yeah, it was something that I said haphazardly one time during an interview and I just it kind of just stuck. And it came from the fact that in real life, I am a first lady. My husband is a senior pastor and I'm the first lady of the church pastor's wife. And also when live video first came on the scene, I started teaching people how to be seen and heard with video. And so I got this whole thing that people online started calling me, you know, she's the lady of visibility. That's the visibility (laughs) lady, because I'm always telling people that visibility is power. You deserve to be seen, heard and paid. And so with my roots in the church, Along with the work that I do uh, with many clients, we just decided to roll with it and called myself the First Lady of Visibility. I love that title. Well, and I think it speaks into kind of some of your purpose and your calling. And so take us a little deeper and kind of tell us your journey to to get to this point where you realize, hey, not only am I going to make sure I provide visibility for myself, but I'm going to start to help other people learn how to be visible themselves. It came from understanding how to take my mess and turn it into a message. And it, it started with this whole problem in the fact that I wanted to be on camera. I wanted to be the next Oprah. Just imagine who didn't want to be Oprah. I wanted to be the next Oprah. (laughs) And the problem with that is it requires, it requires you being in front of the camera. And I did not like how I look, how I sounded on camera, but I knew that I had this message. I knew that God had this, this burning on the inside of me of wanting to be in front of the camera, not for vain purposes, but to really help people move into their next, to help people really discover the importance and power of their voice. And so this started really in the fourth grade. My West Indian dad, my mom and dad are from the beautiful country of Trinidad and Tobago. And my dad told me as a fourth grader, as an American citizen, it's your duty and responsibility to know what's going on in your country and your community. So my friends were watching the Smurfs. I was watching Tom Brokaw and Peter Jennings. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) True story. So my friends are watching the Smurfs and I'm learning about Reaganomics, the Gulf War. Yeah. (laughs) All the things that are happening in America, but it started this whole yearning for educating people and letting people know what's going on in their country, in their community. And it wasn't until later when I was in high school that I discovered that you could make a career out of this. And so for 20 years, I worked as a television news producer. Any big story you could think of in America from 9-11, the war on terror, any major story, I've had the great pleasure of being on the front lines of writing history. And Mm. while I was in TV, I discovered something, Natalie, that was really powerful, that pictures and words make the perfect marriage. 
But a lot of people don't understand the power of media, the Mm. power of telling their unique story that facts tell, but stories sell every single time. And if you're not telling a story, nine times out of 10, you're being sold a story. Is it a story that you want? So that really started the fire on the inside of me of helping people understand how to tell their story and how to show up for themselves. Well, you know, I bet as we're talking, there's somebody that's saying, you know, what she said resonated with me. I don't like hearing my voice. I don't like seeing my face. I don't, I don't like being visible. Like I hear what you're saying that we should be visible, but, but I don't like it. And, you know, it's so interesting as I listen to your story, how many people I hear say that. As a matter of fact, I host another podcast and a good friend of mine, I had her come on and her story so resonated with people, but she didn't like the way she sounded and she didn't like the way, so she wouldn't share, she wouldn't share it to her, her, you know, group of people because she didn't like the way she sounded. And like, how, how did you get over that? How do, how do we get over that? And how do we start to move forward? I think the very first thing that you have to do is remember when we were in elementary school and I lived for a field trip. I don't know about anybody else, but I lived for the elementary field trips because this is the time when you get on the school bus, you get great lunch that day and you really get to avoid math. So you get a chance to be outside of the building. But in order to get on that bus, your parents or your guardian had to sign a permission slip. Yeah. And one of the greatest things that I have done and that God has done through me, Natalie, he gave me the green light to write my own permission slip. Wow. He gave me the permission to say yes and partner with him. And I remember the day when I was standing in my television newsroom. I was working at the time at a local CBS affiliate. Gail and Nora just came on to talk about this cool app called Periscope that would give everybody the capabilities, right, to live stream from their phone. And in that moment, I heard the voice of God. I heard God tell me, Rashonda, this is where I will prosper your voice. Because in previous years, he told me, he said, Rashonda, I will not prosper your voice in TV. It's not going to happen here. And I kept saying, well, then what am I doing here, God? What, should I be someplace else? Because I want to be a reporter. I want to be on TV. And he told me, he said, it's not going to happen here. Because mm-hmm. he already knew that there was going to be another outlet that he would use my voice in. And it was live streaming. So I tell people all the time, television news trained me, but live video, it made me, right? So it's giving yourself, number one, permission, partnering with God and saying yes to yourself and writing your own permission slip. The other, th- the other thing is taking the focus off of yourself and mm-hmm. focusing on the people who you're called to show up for. There were many times when I hit that go live button, Natalie, that I felt like, okay, this is the day that I'm going to puke. I'm going to yeah. puke on air. This is, <laughs> this is going to be the end. This is going to be it. This, you know, sweaty palms. Yeah. Your mouth feels like cottons in it. Yeah. All of the things. But all I kept hearing was God telling me, go. This is going to be the vehicle. This is going to be the vehicle that I'm going to use to bless and prosper your voice. And I started thinking about the people that I was called to impact more about what I look like, what I sound like. All those things can be fixed and there's things that you can do for that. But I put the focus back on what are we all called to do? Serve people. Yeah. And I started thinking about the people that I'm called to serve. And the more I thought about them, guess what? The fact that I have big eyes, the fact that I giggle sometimes when I say something that's pretty funny, I giggle. I took the focus off of all of those things. Those became smaller. 
and serving people became bigger. That's so, so real. There's something really cool when you are communicating a message and you can think more about the person you're communicating it to than you think about yourself. And, you know, it's funny. So in 2020, our church, you know, went almost completely online for a while, as most churches did. And I remember Mm -hmm. they used to ask my husband and I to do prayer sometimes. And the very first few times I would do it, I was so like, okay, am I saying the right thing? Am I rocking too much? Am I into the prayer? Like, and then I said, you know what? There's people that came here to pray, like focus on them and focus on what God might be saying to them. Stop focusing on you. And if you're standing in the right position or did you wear the right jacket or, Mm -hmm. you know, can they see that coffee stain on my shirt and start focusing on them and worry about them and what what are they asking God for and what what right. can you partner with them in prayer on and and hearing from God for them and, and those kind and so I think that's so profound what you're saying because so much we focus on ourselves I don't have the right you know look or I don't have the right build or I don't have the right body or I don't have the right clothes instead of saying what do I have Let me give that to God. Let him use that. And then we'll just go from there and not try to have it all figured out. I think that's the part. I I love that because I believe little becomes much in the hand of God. And what I've learned in this journey is most of the time your audience is not even focused on the coffee stain. No. You know, we want it to be so perfect and they're just looking for progress. They're just looking to see your journey and see you get better. I mean, I have people in my community who have followed me seven years who watched when I started on Periscope up until this point. They've seen the progression of the girl who was timid and should I say something or what should I say to the woman now who's doing podcasts like this one and who's been on the Today Show twice and spoken internationally in Paris, France. And I get those messages from people who said, Rashonda, I remember when. And I said, Mm -hmm. I remember when too. Look (laughs) at what God has done. Has it been messy? Yes. And this is why I'm a firm believer, Natalie. We have to take messy action. We have to do it when it's a hot mess express because the word promises us that God will give us what? Beauty for ashes. Yeah. But he can't beautify if you don't give him the ashes. Wow. And, you know, as you talk about that, I just squarely think about the talents and how, how many times we become the guy that buries his talent thinking that God could never use me or, or I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy enough. So I'll bury my talent. And God's saying, take that one talent you have and just be faithful with it. And I think yes. that's so hard for us because we're so busy looking at ourselves and magnifying ourselves that we don't magnify God. Mm-hmm. For sure. And there's been such great journeys and stories. I think about Natalie, my favorite story along this whole journey is we wrote a book called CEO of Live Video. It's Mm -hmm. it's a step-by-step on how to do live video. And it's really funny because I often joke with people that I birthed babies and bestsellers because I wrote that book on the cusp of delivering our third child, right? She's the cutest hernia you'll ever see. That's for another podcast. (laughs) That's a story for another time. The cutest hernia you'll ever see. And I remember this book took us all across the country, really, teaching this whole live streaming technique to people. And I was coming off the stage and speaking to a room full of 200 people about live streaming and these techniques. And I come off the stage and I see this line of people waiting by this book table. And so I come off the stage and my husband, I'd say to my husband, who else is here? Who are those people for? And he turns to me and he says, they're waiting for you. (laughs) I am like on the brink of tears. I said, wait, (laughs) what? They're waiting for me, the girl who didn't like her voice. 
didn't like how she looked on camera, the girl who repeated a grade, right? The girl who had low self-esteem, all the traumas that have happened in my life, they were waiting. I'm talking about this line was deep. And God just reminded me of a principle that he taught me is, he said, Rashonda, could it be that what the enemy has been fighting you with, not liking your voice, not liking how you look on camera is the number one thing that he will use to set other people free and bring financial freedom to your household. Come on. To the person who's listening right now, I want to really just drill into that. I want you to realize, could it be the thing that you're being fought about, the thing that you're not really leaning all the way in? You know, you're giving like 30% to it and you should be giving 100. Could it be that's the thing that God's going to use, Esther, to deliver our nations? Wow. You know what I hear you saying too is like, it's the lie you believe becomes the lid on your life if you allow it to. And so we've got, look, you got two people here that are ready to agree with you that lids are coming off today. They, they yes. don't need to stay there any longer because it is literally preventing you from stepping into your calling. That's so good. So good. And I and it's changed my life and I've lived by that. And I tell other people that because now the girl who didn't like her voice, Natalie, who didn't like how she looked on camera is doing commercials, voice over work. I mean, who else could have done this but God? I say to myself all the time, I cannot believe I'm doing a commercial track right now. I did not like my voice. How is this possible? It only is with man. It's impossible, friend. But with God, it's it's possible. The possibilities are endless if you would just say yes to the thing that God is asking you to do. Well, and I just want to pause here for a second because, you know, your voice has so much character and texture. I just find it so interesting the places where the enemy tries to attack us. It's like he comes to us at an early age knowing that he can sow lies while we're young. And then those lies will begin to grow up in us, right? If we don't have somebody around us that is detecting them and helping to uproot them. And so as we become adults, it's so important for us to face those lies head on. And even if it's something we believe for 20, 30 years to say, yeah, I might have believed that for 20, 30 years, but it doesn't align with the word of God. And therefore it's a lie and it has to go. That's it. It's a lie and it has to go. And I often tell people, you know, in church, this whole thought about there's a confession of faith and there's a confession to faith. A confession of faith is I believe this and I'm saying it, right? And then there's a confession to faith. I got to keep saying this until I really believe it. And that was one of the things that in that journey of gaining what we call camera confidence, Natalie, that I had to keep saying over and over again to myself is as I open my mouth, God will fill it and he'll fill it with good things. And Natalie, do you know that's in the word of God? And when I got a hold of that scripture in Psalm, I mean, up to this day, I still say this before a podcast, before I hit the stage, before I minister. God, as I open my mouth, you're going to fill it and you're going to fill it with good things. Wow. Wow. So I have so many questions I want to ask you from like just my brain's going in like 50 different directions. But as I think about like our listeners and them sitting here and listening to this. All right, let's say that we've helped them cross the chasm now. Let's say that they're Mm -hmm. saying, okay, I'm identifying the lies. I know they're in there. I'm seeing that. God is calling me to be more visible. What are some of the ways that they can start to step out in faith and do this? And then tell us maybe a little bit about even some of the things that you have out there for allowing them to kind of step into this idea of, okay, I'm willing to be visible. Now I need to, I need a plan. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. We have to understand this as a speaker, 
coach, consultant, entrepreneur, small business owner, or corporation. For us, those people that I just mentioned, social media is not about being social. Mm-hmm. For us, social media gives us the capital, the, the capabilities to create our own media channel. Think about it. You get the capabilities through a YouTube channel, Facebook Live, Instagram Live, even TikTok, dare I say that. Right. You get the capabilities of creating your own local affiliate. Natalie, I worked in television for 20 years and I've seen the evolution of TV from we just had a website to now we're having to engage with social media. And do you realize the same terms that we use are the same terms that we use on social media? Our audience, what's their Mm -hmm. demographic? What's our target audience? What's the content that we're going to post today? Those are all terms that we use in television. Wow. So it had me starting to think, that what we're doing on social media is I am a producer and I am managing, whether it's my Facebook business page, that is my channel. Think about it. If you have a YouTube channel, that's what it's called. It's called a channel and you're creating content for your audience to watch. So you have to embrace this thought that social media for us who are in business and understand that our visibility is power, that we are managing our own network, your own CNN, your own CBS, ABC, Fox. You're managing your own affiliate. And when you understand that, you take a great responsibility. You ready for this? In the content that you produce. I was at a conference recently, Natalie, and Patrick Bet David said something that totally changed my mindset about content. And this is what he said. We create content for legacy. This is the story that he gave. He showed a picture of his great grandparents. He is an immigrant to America as well from his family, but also him as well. And he said to, he said to the audience, how awesome would it have been for me to be able to sit down with my great grandparents and interview them? No one has their stories. No one has their journal. No one has any of their thought on why they came to this country. Nobody has any of that information. He says, this is why we create content. This is why we're content producers, because what we're doing is we're creating a legacy for our next generation. Natalie, I want to say to the person right now who has been debating about writing that book, you have to write that book because that book is attached to your legacy. It's for your children and your grandchildren. You know, a a book has about a 70-year lifespan, I believe, with with the works and the publication of it. So this is about legacy. So when you're creating your social media, it's legacy. Your grandchildren are going to be able to go and see what you have done to impact the world. Wow. That is so, I've never thought about it like that. And I think, you know, just that thought, just rolling it over in my mind, it's it's blown my mind to think about that content that you're producing is creating a legacy, not only with your immediate circle, but as you mm-hmm. know, content has legs. So sometimes it goes into other circles that you never expect it to go into. And that's sure. That's the impact. That is the impact. So I want you to start to think about social media differently like that. And then I want you to start thinking about where are my people? Are they on TikTok? Are they on Instagram? Are they, because they're somewhere. Is it Twitter? Is it Pinterest? Is it blogging? Is it a podcast? Where are my people? And then go show up where they are. It's like cheers. Everybody knows your name and they're so glad that you came, right? So find out where your local cheers is located. And so if your people are on Twitter, then go hang out over there and go build a channel, a community over there. If it's Facebook Live, go and do that. 
But wherever it is, go there with the intention of bringing value, serving people, and ultimately creating a community. God never created us to be a lone ranger because a lone ranger becomes a gone ranger. He never created us to be in a silo. He created community. So whatever you're doing, look to create community around it. That's so good. You know, I would love to talk a little bit about vision and voice for just a second. This yes. is kind of your, something that you've coined, and I'd love for you to lean into it just a little bit. So I believe that you can't have a vision without having a voice. You The Bible talks about write the vision and make it plain, right? But along with writing this vision and making it plain, you also have to be speaking about your vision. You also have to be forecasting your vision. I think vision is great on paper, but also in that scripture, it talks about so you can have a herald. That's a person who's going to run and speak about the vision. So as visionaries, as people who are building their visibility, along with having this vision, you also have to have a sound attached to it. I do a lot of traveling, Natalie, and one of my favorite cities to go to is New York, right? Times Square, the city that never sleeps. I recently went to Vegas and I was amazed at the fact that it was midnight and the city (laughs) was operating like it was 12 noon. I could not believe that. Because what's so powerful about a city, a city has a sound. Yeah. People are attracted to a city because of its bright lights and its sound. And isn't it interesting when we look at scripture, it says, you're a city set on a hill that can't be hidden. What is God saying to us? I believe that the scripture is saying to us that you're a city that has a bright light and you have a sound, that there is someone out there waiting for your bright light and your sound, and that's going to attract them to you and what you have to offer. Gosh, this is so powerful. What final thoughts, Rashonda, would you have for our listeners? Final thought is this. Silence is not golden, my friend. (laughs) You no longer have the right to remain silent. Your visibility is power. You deserve to be seen, heard, and paid. I want you to step into it this year. Give yourself permission to be seen. Show up as the main character of your life. No longer playing the understudy or hiding behind the curtain. The world is waiting for you to take the stage. That's so powerful. Thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Well, look, you can follow Rashonda on LinkedIn. You can go over to her website, theroshowlive.com, Twitter, or Instagram. This will all be in our show notes. So make sure you hit follow because this is the type of inspirational voices that you need in your life to take and hold up that accountability that you just got today, not to be silent, not to be quiet, not to hide what God is doing in your life. Well, look, ladies, if you haven't had the chance to step into community with like-minded women, we want you to do that now by going over to thrivetoday.com to learn more about our membership program. It's all about access. So ladies, as you live your life, we want to remind you to do it with leadership, community, and strength. We'll see you next time.